traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome to Radio Free Canada. News, notes, and opinions from the underground. And just a friendly reminder, this is the international headquarters for the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. That last part, incidentally, is uh, it's intended to be sarcasm. All <laughs> right, just uh, just so you know, that's that's for the sheep. I put that in there for the sheep. Stir things up a little bit. You know, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, I'm thinking of putting this on a T-shirt. Actually, our job. I say our job. Yes, I'm deputizing all of you. Your job, my job, our job is not to wake up the sheep. It's to awaken the lions. All right. I hope you're doing well. Uh, This is day eight, day eight of my quarantine. For those of you keeping score at home. And today I had to uh, perform a PCR test on camera for my parole officer. Well, no, not uh, a parole officer, A, a very polite, very kind young nurse, actually. So I had to do this on camera. Why? Why? To make sure I was sticking the swab up my nose and not somebody else's. That's right, Brent, uh, Jacob. I had to actually stick something up my nose on camera uh, so she could watch me stick it up both nostrils and swirl it around for half a minute. Eventually, she watched me place the uh, the snotty swab in a test tube containing some kind of preservative, label it, stick it in a purulator pouch. That's her job. That is her job. How many people, I wonder, does this young woman sit and watch, stick things up their noses every day. I don't know. Is, is that money well spent? How many nurses? Are they even nurses? I don't know. I, I think they're nurses. But how many of these nurses has Health Canada hired to sit in front of webcams all day and watch people stick things up their nose? How much did they spend on this portal or platform or app or whatever you want to call it? Switch Health. 
if you've been traveling and, and had to quarantine on when you get home, you know what I mean? Switch health. Wouldn't it have been smarter to pour that money into hospital beds and ICU beds? I don't know. Just a thought. Stop making sense, you foolish man. Yeah, I know. I got I to gotta stop doing that. Uh, yesterday, I was speaking with Tom Korski, is a, a good friend of the program up in Ottawa with a terrific independent news outlet called Blacklock's Reporter. And they break a lot of stories. You really should think about subscribing and supporting them. You know what? Cancel your subscription to that ridiculous Toronto newspaper. Not The Sun, the other one, which I shall not name. The, the, the hateful, radical left-wing rag. You know the one I mean. And I know you like the weekend edition for the cars, the auto section, and the sports. Cancel it and spend your money subscribing to Blacklock's reporter. Anyway, Tom Korski, managing editor, was, was with us, telling us about how the feds have blinked. They blinked. As of yesterday, they've extended religious and medical exemptions to airline and airport employees in Canada. And this is terrific news, but nobody... Nobody reported on it. Did you hear about this anywhere else, Jacob? I didn't. This exemption, the religious and medical exemption for airline employees that, that happened yesterday. Nobody, nobody was talking about it. Nothing in the lamestream media about this. And according to Tom Korski and Blacklock's reporter, there is talk that religious and medical exemptions will be extended to air passengers, air passengers by the end of the month. So this is great news. Again, not reported by the liars and the hacks in the mainstream news. But you heard it here. Thanks to Blacklock's reporter. So, again, things are starting to move, I think, in the right direction. Have heart. Hold fast. Also, I see where Quebec has lifted the mask mandate for high school students. This is good news. And hopefully they'll do the same here in Ontario very soon. It never should have been in place. These mask mandates, the most unscientific, immoral policy. But don't take my word for it. Dr. Carla Peters has a Ph.D. in immunology, and she'll be here in a few minutes to explain why all mask main mandates should be repealed immediately. Now, before I tell you about the rest of the show. And uh, once again, I got to I got to thank Brandon. He's done an excellent job. Brandon is my producer. And uh, thank you, Brandon. What a terrific young man he is. And you too, Jacob. I haven't forgotten about Jacob, my technical producer. But Brandon is the one that um, chases after these guests and lines them up, these interviews. I have such a great team here. And Jody, let's not forget Jody. Technically, she's my boss, so we can't forget about Jody. Anyway, we have a great show. But before we get to that, I want to play a couple of things here for you. Now, this one made me laugh. I had to play it twice. I'm kind of slow. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. I had, I had to play it twice before I realized this was a parody. I guess you'd call it a parody. It sounds and looks like a real ad for Pfizer, but it's not. This is a parody ad for an mRNA vaccine from Pfizer. Pfizer, not Pfizer. Jacob, let's have a listen. Let's face it. The virus has changed us. We all want to get back to life, back to normal. A not so long ago time when we could enjoy each other's company. 
We could hug, hold hands, sing, and just be together. That's why we made the Phaser mRNA genetic-based therapy and subsequent boosters. It doesn't stop you from spreading the virus, nor does it prevent you from contracting the virus. And it may or may not lessen the effect of the virus once contracted, but it makes you feel good about yourself. And it lifts you into a higher social class, even if it's only a state of mind. The rare but possible side effects from taking the Phaser mRNA genetic-based therapy during this clinical trial include but are not limited to rapid heartbeat, difficulty breathing, wheezing, respiratory distress, swelling of the throat, dizziness, generalized rash, hives, damage to nerve cells, muscle weakness, paralysis, clinical depression, infertility, miscarriage, anaphylaxis, thrombosis, myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, and in very rare cases, death. But hey, you'll get to carry around a cool vaccination card that can get you into businesses where you can wear your mask and social distance with other possible virus carriers and spreaders. Here's to living. Here's to phaser mRNA genetic-based therapy. Okay, there you go. I don't, I don't, I don't think Jacob liked that. He was shaking his head. <laughs> All right. And you got to laugh. Otherwise, you'd cry, right? Uh, it's funny. And true. They, I mean, they have to make these pharmaceutical ads, not just for the vaccines, but have you noticed that these these pharmaceutical ads are extra long? And why is that? So they can fit in all the side effects at the end. It takes you 20. It takes them like 20 seconds to tell you about the product and then a minute and a half to tell you all the ways the product might damage you. That's not a good ratio. I think we have time for one more. Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., obviously the son of the late Senator Bobby Kennedy, who was slain in 1968. And uh, Bobby Jr. is a lawyer and an activist. And there, there are probably more things we would disagree about than agree upon if we were to actually sit down and talk. I think he buys into the whole climate change nonsense. I think so. I could be wrong about that. Maybe he's changed his mind. But despite the things we disagree on, I think Bobby Jr. and I would be allies because like Naomi Wolf, she's another lefty. And these people are suddenly allies with those of us mainly on the right. And it's true. It's 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 mainly people on the right who are pushing back against vaccine mandates and censorship and and mainly people on the left who are cheering on these draconian measures. And Bobby Kennedy, Jr. And uh, I think we're trying to get him on, aren't we, Brandon? I've got to reach out to him and try to get him on. He's written a new book about Fauci and Gates. Anyway, um, he's a champion of civil liberties and informed consent and bodily autonomy. Once the darling of the left wing media. Now a pariah. Oh, now he's a conspiracy theorist because he questions the efficacy uh, and safety of certain vaccine. Here's Bobby Kennedy Jr. You think about this. I got expelled from Instagram because of vaccine misinformation. But Instagram and Facebook cannot point to one single erroneous statement that I ever made. Everything we post is vetted, it is sourced and cited to government databases or peer-reviewed publications. When they use the term vaccine misinformation, they are using it as a euphemism for any statement that departs from official government policies. 
and pharmaceutical industry profit-taking. It has nothing to do whether it's true or false. It only has to do with what the political implications are. And who is doing this censorship? It's government officials in league with Bill Gates, with Larry Ellison, with Mark Zuckerberg, with Sergey Brin from Google, and with all of these internet titans. They have engineered not only the destruction of our democracy and our civil rights, but they have engineered the biggest shift of wealth in human history. $3.8 trillion from working people to these handful. All right, that's uh, Bobby Kennedy. I, I cut it a little short because we're a little tight on time. But uh, uh, anyway, I'd love to get Bobby Kennedy Jr. on, and we're working on it. So I mentioned um, Dr. Carla Peters. She's written a piece in Brownstone, brownstone.org, uh, a terrific online publication and think tank founded by Jeffrey Tucker, who was on the program not too long ago. And Dr. Carla Peters uh, immunologist, PhD in immunology. She will be here uh, momentarily on why we should repeal mask mandates immediately. Uh, Tuesdays, we offer advice and resources for homeschooling parents. Ruth Gazkowski uh, will be here a little, late, a little later this hour. And uh, Brad Skistamas, a terrific singer-songwriter from Dallas, Texas. He goes by the name Five Times August, and he writes and performs in the Bob Dylan style. He's popularized protest songs. Again, he's got a new one about Dr. Anthony Fauci called Sad Little Man. He'll be here in the second hour. And Dr. Joel Hirshhorn is back, the author of Pandemic Blunder, a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and America's Frontline Doctors. He'll be here to explain how the CDC changed the definition of vaccine. Now, why would they do that? Things that make you go, hmm. All right, let's do this thing. Dr. Carla Peters, PhD in immunology, is next on the futility of mask mandates. Stay with us. We're back as the Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. So earlier I was mentioning it looks like Quebec has uh, lifted the mask mandate for high school students. I think this is encouraging. Let's hope. Let's hope they follow suit here in Ontario. Well, across the country very soon. Well, let's let's not stop there with high school students. Let's just lift these mask mandates worldwide entirely and immediately. Uh, This is the uh, the advice of Dr. Carla Peters. She's founder and managing director of Cobala, C-O-B-A-L-A. Good care feels better. And uh, she has a Ph.D. in immunology from the medical faculty of Utrecht. She studied molecular sciences at uh, Wageningen University and research and followed a four-year course in higher nature scientific education with a specialization in medical laboratory diagnostics and research and recently uh, wrote a very comprehensive article for uh, brownstone.org titled uh, why we should lift or why mask mandates, rather, why mask mandates should be repealed immediately. Uh, Dr. Carla Peters, welcome to the program. How are you? Very well. Thank you for inviting me and being in the in the talk. My pleasure. So let's first start with Sweden, because you addressed Sweden very early on in the article. And obviously uh, they took a very different route. Uh, They never instituted widespread mask mandates. I think initially they told people if you're going to be crowded on public transit, maybe wear a mask. 
Uh, but elsewhere, there were no mask mandates. They really didn't follow the herd uh, when it came to many of these mandates. And of course, they were pilloried in the press for doing so. And initially, they had a bit of a spike in, in cases and deaths, but then they quickly came down. And now, uh, you know, they are the model, really. It's the, the way we should have probably handled this thing from the get-go. Why didn't Sweden follow the herd? Why do you, I mean, who, what science were they following? Uh, they were following the science from history. Uh, so what was known for many, many years. And they didn't change their minds. Um, like um, in the beginning also the WHO, the World Health Organization, and also Fauci, which is uh, Dr. Fauci, which is the main uh, person in uh, USA, who's always on television and everywhere uh, telling what is uh, what needs to be done to uh, protect against the virus. In the beginning, he said uh, masks are not necessary for the public, uh, for healthy people. And later on, he changed his mind and also the WHO. Uh, so uh, did the same. So it's um, it's quite strange that they changed their minds. And what uh, Professor Technell did, um, he just stayed with the science from history. There were no at that time there were no um, randomized clinical trials, which are the best um, research for proving that something works, yes or no. There were no um, scientific proof that and no evidence that uh, masks could work for uh, for people for healthy people and that is because uh, if the people are, are walking in the public they use the mask in quite different ways as in uh, being in a hospital in an operation room are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. But even then, in an operation room, there is no, no real proof that it works uh, to prevent against bacteria or viruses. Uh, so Dr. Peters, uh, but, but, uh, and you point this out in your article, again, uh, published at brownstone.org, brownstone.org, that uh, uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the CDC, recently came out and uh, announced that wearing a mask could reduce the risk of infection by 80%. I mean, she actually said that out loud uh, and this was carried in the mainstream news. Why would she say something like that, given, as you say, what we know from history and the lack of uh, randomized uh, clinical trials on the efficacy of masks? Um, 
it's it is it's, it's more a symbol for uh, for that this virus is uh, dangerous. I think that's the main reason. And they also used two studies from the CDC, which are not. And uh, one of us with uh, they are using it quite a long time now. It's about two hairstylists who used masks, and they never saw anyone who was. And they were they. Uh, had a positive PCR test afterwards, and then they t- they analyzed 50% of the clients, and they didn't find anyone with uh, with a positive PCR test. But that is not a randomized con- controlled trial, so you can't compare it to real research. And there are only two researchers uh, with with our randomized controlled trials now. Uh, which which is done in Denmark, and even there they used um, medical masks. Well, while everywhere, and I think also in your place in Canada, they are using cloth masks. May uh, correct mostly. Uh, so uh, for, even for medical masks, they couldn't see a real proof that it's protecting against viral infections. All so right, that Dr. was Peters. no. Uh, sorry, Dr. No Peters, for the interruption. Difference. Okay, there was no real difference. Uh, Dr. Peters, uh, excuse the interruption. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and uh, discuss further. Dr. Carla Peters, with a PhD in immunology, founder and managing director of Cobala, Good Care Feels Better, and uh, her recent article published at brownstone.org, Why Mask Mandates Should Be Repealed Immediately. Back with more of our conversation in three minutes. Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serres Show. All right, welcome back. We are here with Dr. Carla Peters, PhD in immunology, and uh, also studied molecular sciences, followed a, uh, which followed a four-year course in higher nature scientific education, specializing in medical laboratory diagnostics and research, recently uh, wrote an article at brownstone.org, why mask mandates should be repealed immediately. And Dr. Peters, you talk about how politicians will often say, well, okay, so maybe, maybe they, they, don't, they don't prevent the spread of the virus all that much, but at least they don't do any harm. But you take exception to that. You say that wearing masks for extended periods of time can do a great deal of harm. And also it could be a permanent harm that could last, well, it, it, permanent harm. So explain. Uh, yes, that could be, that is possible. Uh, there are also uh, studies about it. it um, so you could, um, um, it could be that you uh, get too, not enough uh, oxygen uh, and too much much uh, CO2. And therefore you could, in the long time, you could uh, get um, headaches or dizziness. But what is the main thing what could happen is that your microbiome is changing. For example, in your mouth or in your respiratory tract. And this can even uh, damage so much that your innate immune system is changing, and this can uh, at least, at the in the end, could result in, in even be easier infected with viruses or bacteria. Like for example, if you uh, wear the mask 
um, for a long time on your skin. It can be that Staphylococcus aureus, which is a bacteria which is on your skin, uh, can increase more and come into your mouth and, and in the end in your lungs, which can even cause a pneumonia. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. So I've heard about persons who had young persons, for example, 30 years or around this age, which uh, landed at the ICU with a Staphylococcus aureus infection, which normally doesn't happen. These are things that can happen. And even for small children, which are uh, using them at schools, it could uh, have other results. It could also um, influence their development of their intellectual property, uh, empathy, and other things which are normally used in the non-verbal communication, which are they are now not allowed at schools, which is very important for them to learn. So there are many damages, which many harms, which can influence people. And what we didn't know for a long time, which, which is coming out, that there are also toxics, uh, toxic compounds in, these, in many mosques. Most of them are fabricated in China, about 85%. And there are no rules uh, which compounds are allowed, yes or no. And they are not controlled before they come on the market. Like in Canada, they also, uh, there was also... Um, an amount of uh, masks which are retracted from the markets, which were uh, paid by the uh, governments or given by the governments yes. because of toxic compounds. So you know more about it, this than I do because I'm from Holland and you're from Canada. So you're familiar with I remember that. the story. Yes. Initially, we, we sent we shipped a lot of our PPE over to China in the early days of the pandemic. And then, of course, after we did that, because that's where the outbreak was, then we had a shortage here. Then we ended up having to import, as you say, masks from China, many of which were defective. And, and uh, continue. Sorry, Dr. Peters. Uh, yes. So, uh, and these comp uh, these compounds could be, for example, uh, form, um, formaldehyde, or it could be uh, graphene oxide or zinc oxide. And these, for example, uh, graphene oxide and zinc oxide, which are new. Nanoparticles, which are never used in clinical trials for using in humans, but I found an article that it could be comparable in uh, to asbestos uh, symptoms, which uh, which it could 
could cause if you uh, get it in aerosols into your respiratory tract. So these are quite uh, dangerous. And for example, in Holland, I know that there was graphene oxide, oxide in the masks. And even now, recently, they um, they found in 300 million uh, masks, which are uh, uh, which are stored by the government, and they are not um, they can't use it because there are uh, toxic compounds in it. And wow, this was not so. So, uh, and in the beginning of the pandemic, these uh, masks were not controlled. So how many people did get toxic compounds for a long time in their body, uh, which is having, of course, an effect. It's not uh, going away. Detoxification needs some other things to do before you can, uh, if, if you get toxic, of course, we get toxic compounds every day in our bodies. But if it's very high, you become uh, toxified and uh, you Dr. can get chronic diseases. Dr. Peters, pardon the interruption, we'll take uh, one final time out, come back and uh, discuss further the impact of all of these masks on uh, the environment, for example. Hundreds and millions, hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of these masks floating around and uh, many of them end up you know, on the ground and, and uh, elsewhere. Dr. Carla Peters stays with us, a PhD in immunology and uh, recently wrote an article for Brownstone the Brownstone Institute, brownstone.org, brownstone.org, the website, why mask mandates should be repealed immediately. Back with more of our conversation right after these. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. Everyone knows that if you want to get stronger, you should exercise. And if you want to support your immune system response this season, take Super Strength Oregano products from North American Herb and Spice. There's no substitute for Super Strength Oregano, the original, truly wild, organic oregano oil that's produced by old-fashioned steam distillation. Whether you prefer it as an oil, uh, an oil or a vegan gel cap, it has the ingredients your body needs to help support a healthy immune response. Super Strength Oregano products from North American Herb and Spice are available at health food stores across the GTA or order online at oregano.com. Visit the website, sign up for the North American Herb and Spice newsletter, and then you'll receive 5% off your online orders. The website again, oregano.com, O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L. O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L, O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L, Super Strength Oregano products from North American Herb and Spice at oregano.com. All right, we are back with uh, Dr. Carla Peters, a PhD in immunology, and recently uh, wrote an article for the Brownstone Institute available at brownstone.org, why mask mandates should be repealed immediately. You were talking about the the tox, toxicity uh, that's contained in some of these masks. Uh, talk to us about the environmental impact. I mean, how many millions of masks are being discarded every single day? Uh, that is, uh, the amount is quite high. Um, I thought it um, it's took a comma two point three million per day, and uh, we. Uh, 
many people are this uh, you see them on the streets you see them even in the woods in the forests um you see them in the sea and it's very dangerous for all the animals um even the plastics which are used since uh, 1950 there was a um a report um from the wild natural funds which has found that we are using uh, one credit card per week on plastics which are uh, coming in nature and by using these uh, masks we are uh, using even more so uh that me that means that we are um harming the ecosystem and the ecosystem in nature is also connected to the ecosystem in uh, our body so it's quite harmful uh, that this is uh, happening and those uh, nanoparticles and biocides they are also coming into nature so that means that the equilibrium between uh, bacteria fungi and um uh viruses which are necessary to live because we uh, with with humans because we live in uh symbiosis with uh, those organisms right it's very uh, very dangerous for, also for our future health Thank you. right you mentioned so some of these masks and again 85% of them are produced in china where there are no environmental qualifications uh or regulations virtually yeah, yeah. Uh, and so these masks are disposed the heavy there are heavy metals in these masks that are leaching out into the water into the soil you write yeah. here that a, a total breakdown of these dangerous compounds is expected to last 450 years um uh, wow i mean where are all the environmentalists and the and the green the greenies i call them um you know talking about the environmental damage of these masks they're they're totally silent on this dr peters Yes, that is also what is amazing me because there is a climate agreement uh, from 2020 to, to 2050 uh, in Paris with all uh, the leaders, the G20, and no one is talking about masks. So, which is quite uh, strange that politicians uh, think that masks are very important for the health of people, and they are talking about the environment. Uh, uh, for climate change, but most are not an issue. And also, uh, I've been talking um, to some of those environmental um, uh, organizations, and they are not really interested to hear about this. There was a study, the, the 450 years that it will take was a study from Danish people, but otherwise it's it's very strange, and uh, even the, the Wild um, Nature Front is not interested in the moss because I have been uh, asking them about this, but there's no uh, response. So it's so, really strange. It is strange. It is strange. Uh, so to summarize, Dr. Peters, there is virtually no evidence that wearing masks can significantly decrease the risk of infection. Uh, improper use of the masks may, in fact, increase infections. Uh, there is the the uh, the developmental uh, issues associated with small children wearing masks for four, five, six hours a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what is it going to take for for people to find? There's a the constitutional issues which you address in here. You know, forcing people to cover their face. 
constitutional issues, civil liberties and so forth. What's it going to take for this? I keep talking about cracks in the dam, you know, all of these cracks and you're highlighting some of these cracks. When is this dam finally going to burst? Um. I don't, I don't uh, no, I, I think when people are going to um, to choose for their own health, that is what I think. I think um, the more people who are realizing what masks are doing with their own health, and uh, for example, in what is very strange in the Netherlands, they have even at the National Institute of Public Health, they uh, made a, a report on November 2, uh, that uh, the safety of these masks is not um, guaranteed. And, uh, and uh, they said the mandate is there again, also in, in uh, public indoors uh, environments in uh, Holland. While it has been away for uh, since June, so it was away for four weeks, uh, for four months, and now you see it again. But I think it's important that people stand up and choose for their own health and also for uh, the environment. Because if the environment is also harmed, at the end, we will get more infections. And even there are also, these are, this is, these are also um, issues virologists, virologists are saying. Yes. And All right. So it is very contradictory. It's it's really politic. Uh, politic. Uh, it, it's political. It's been politicized. Absolutely. There's there's yeah. there's no science yeah. here. No question. Yeah. Doctor no Doctor Carla Doctor Peters, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And again, I'll direct people to the uh, brownstone.org website for the Brownstone Institute. Brownstone.org. Why mask mandates should be repealed immediately. Amen to that, Doctor Peters. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, for asking me. Bye bye. My pleasure. Bye bye. All right. When we come back, some homeschooling advice from Ruth Gaskowski. Don't go away. Back to the conversation on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk Saga nine sixty a.m. All right. So uh, let's say you've homeschooled your child or children K through eight. You're doing a terrific job. Good for you. Uh, next year, though, you're a little worried. They're heading into high school. Maybe there's some areas where you feel you lack expertise. Um, you know, geez, can I teach my child grade nine math, algebra, trigonometry? I don't remember trigonometry. Can I teach? Can I effectively teach them chemistry? How can I teach chemistry in the home without setting the house on fire? Uh, but you want to keep them outside the public school system. So what to do? Homeschooling co-ops for high school age students. That might be the answer here to explain is our homeschool advisor, Ruth Gaskowski. Hey, Ruth, how are you? Excellent, Richard. Thanks for having me again. My pleasure. My pleasure. So homeschool co-ops, that might uh, that might assuage some of the anxiety for parents who have uh, children heading into high school next year. Tell me about them. How do they work? All right. Yeah, I think, you know, what you mentioned with regard to the concerns, that's what I hear from most people. They think we'll do it up to grade eight and then afterwards they'll go to high school. But what I've actually found is that it's the high school years where uh, homeschooling really starts to shine in better academics 
and giving uh, more freedom to pursue, pursue academic interests and also preparing students for post-secondary study. So you mentioned homeschool co-ops. So this is a place where parents can turn to where they feel like I'm starting to lack expertise here. Um, sometimes high school teachers are hired uh, within these co-ops. This is uh, one thing we did where students will meet for a weekly lesson, kind of in a Oxford tutorial type style where you meet once a week, you get a lecture, a lesson, uh, you do experiments together, you do hands-on projects together, you have experience in group discussions, and then you complete the rest of the work at home during the week. Um, uh, sometimes we even have expert teachers among the parents because often homeschool parents are very educated people. So we have uh, had in my co-ops engineers, we had like pediatric ear, nose, throat specialists, we had software security specialists and, and um, cryptographers. So there's a whole lot of resources that we can tap into in parents who have specialty knowledge that can offer to teach these uh, courses for students. And the interesting thing is that these actually count as equivalent high school credits. Uh, this might be surprising to people because you might think, well, I must send my child to high school in order for them to get a high school credit. But that's actually not true. All you need to do is to have equivalent content or 110 teaching hours uh, or just course material that covers a specific area that is credit worthy. And that actually counts as a credit and you can write it up as such and the high school will recognize it. So for, for us, for example, in a single semester, we conducted uh, in biology 15 experiments, including dissections. We had a paramedic come and explain uh, resuscitation, heart and lung function. We had a neuropsychologist come in explaining how neuropsychological testing is done. These are very unique experiences that you might not get in high school. So you get something that's kind of very engaging, very different, and, and still gives you a high school credit. Excellent. And uh, one of the other advantages is particularly when it comes to things like science, as I said, you know, I don't uh, I don't know the parents necessarily are, are prepared to, you know, spend a lot of money on science, uh, you know, Bunsen burners and and um, what, what other materials that are required. Uh, so if you're co-op co-oping, if you're running a high school co-op, you can kind of pool your resources and share yeah. the cost of the lab equipment. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. 
Yeah, that's right. And it actually becomes very affordable. Once you uh, kind of pool together with a few other parents and you share lab equipment and curriculum resources, um, you split the cost and uh, it becomes very affordable. Um, and often uh, curriculum providers will offer free resources to your homeschool co-op because they do like uh, supporting homeschoolers. And um, I've, I've found certain providers, for example, of dry ice when we needed it that said, oh, it's for a homeschool group. That's great. We'll just give it to you for free. So once one starts asking around uh, and being a bit thrifty, um, these things also become not just engaging, but also very affordable. Uh, we can we can also talk about this next week as well. Um, but I wanted to spend a moment for those maybe uh, those parents listening and they're saying, well, yeah, maybe some of the some of the subjects we could do the co-op, maybe for science, but the other the other classes we'll handle at home on our own. Uh, so, what are some of the other options for homeschooling through high school uh, that don't involve a co-op? Right. Yeah, so some parents choose to actually just mirror the secondary, the the Ontario Secondary School Diploma at home, basically just filling up the courses that you need to do with appropriate texts. Um, That's very practical, but um, one can also make it more interesting because there are many online uh, homeschool providers that uh, offer very interesting courses. Um, My daughter, for example, is taking Chinese right now. Uh, My son took uh, Greek and Norse mythology. Um, There's lots and lots of course options that are not available to you in the public school system. And so if your uh, student has a specific area of interest that they would like to pursue academically, they can already do so uh, throughout the high school years. And um, I think one thing that's interesting, too, is that um, many students who are homeschooled can already start earning college credits, so university-level credits, while they are in high school. Um, because once you're ready to able to do the work, you can just enroll in those courses and universities will see not only uh, are you academically ready, uh, but they can recognize this as one of the entrance requirements to get into university. Fantastic. That's another benefit of starting early. Uh, we, we have been talking previously uh, about this um, uh, on the website, humanitasfamily.net. And this goes back to the idea of hiring a high school teacher, maybe to participate in your high school co-op. How is that going? Because you've been uh, you know, inviting uh, teachers, maybe who've been uh, recently let go from the, uh, the school boards, or maybe they've resigned uh, because of yeah. vaccine mandates. How is that going? Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that we are seeing is that these uh, the small pods, the, the learning pods that are popping up, uh, that's a place where teachers like that have been able to connect. Um, and these pods, some of them have also gone online. So I think the online platform right now is something that's very useful for those teachers. And actually, just today, I received a message from a new uh, such online academy where I believe this was a similar situation where a university prof was no longer able to serve at university and has now started offering AP courses to homeschool students in economics, uh, literature, 
and business. And it's called the Socratic Academy, specifically designed for homeschool students who want to have a high level of academics. And I looked him up and he had one of the most outstanding teacher ratings at the university, uh, rated as uh, funny, engaging, somebody who cares about his students, but again, somebody who is probably no longer able to teach within the system because of his uh, vaccination choice. Their loss, so, our gain. Their loss, our gain. Humanitasfamily.net. Humanitasfamily.net. Ruth, thank you again. We'll talk again next week and we'll uh, maybe discuss uh, some more on high, high school uh, homeschooling options for high schoolers. Excellent. Talk to you then, Richard. All right. Ruth Gaskowski, Humanitasfamily.net. All right. Plenty of shows still to come. The singer-songwriter known as Five Times August. We'll be here with a brand new song about Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Joel S. Hirschhorn, the author of Pandemic Blunder, is back to explain how the CDC has twisted the definition of vaccines and what the mainstream media keeps hidden from the public. Stay with us. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Hey, Richard! Hello, yes. Can I help you? Richard! The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right. Welcome back. What's going on with my mouse here? All right. Um... Coming up this hour, Dr. Joel S. Hershorn will be back with us. He's been with us a number of times. He's just he just puts the puck in the net every puck in the net every time, as they say. Uh, Dr. Hershorn uh, was a uh, full professor at the University of Wisconsin, where he directed a medical research program uh, between the Colleges of Engineering and Medicine. He's a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and uh, America's Frontline Doctors and the author of Pandemic Blunder. And he'll be here uh, to explain why the CDC has twisted the definition of vaccines and uh, what the uh, mainstream media is trying to hide from the public. All right. Uh, Before we get to all that, five times August is... um, I really love this guy. He, he's uh, his singing and songwriting very much in the tradition of Bob Dylan. Uh, the protest, you know, sort of the I guess the pre Newport Folk Festival, Bob Dylan, the free will, free wheeling acoustic Bob Dylan. And he's really, I think, popularizing the protest song again. I mean, if there was ever a time when we needed protest songs, when we needed songs that had real meaning that held up a mirror to what's happening in society. It's right now. And there's a real, a real shortage of musical artists that are willing to do that. But five times August singer songwriter performer from Dallas, Texas uh, does that. We've had him on before and uh, he's back with us. He's uh, Brad Skistamas. Brad, welcome back. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well, Brad. Thanks we should. Uh, you've got so you got a brand new song. This one is about Doctor Mengele. I mean, Doctor Fauci. <laughs> a Freudian slip. A mm-hmm. Freudian slip. Doctor uh, Fauci, the uh, the traveling medicine man, snake oil salesman, and uh, 
let's um, let's have a listen. Uh, Jacob, if you could cue that up, as they used to say, with the uh, the record needle. Here we go. Sad little man. Sitting deep in a lie He's dead in his soul But he'll keep you alive Do what he says Not what he do Cause the truth is for him And the lie is for you Sad little man But he's treated like a god As the faithless prey To a fake and a fraud Worship the man Pledge to his word One shot, two shot Now you get a third Sad little man Sad little man You better Trap you like a dog Put your head in a net While they eat you raw Don't ask why Just comply Cause fear is the drug That the doctors prescribe Sad little man You can watch him on the news Preaching to his choir While they learn the rules Some feel safe And some feel healed But they'll all hold his hand As he makes the kill Sad little man Sad little man You better Some might live while the rest get sick So put him to the test Listen for the yell When the truth comes out He's gonna burn in hell Sad little man Five times August. That's uh, Brad Skistamas and uh, Sad Little Man, obviously about Dr. Anthony Fauci. And um, so tell us, Brad, how did this song come together? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Canada or America's most famous uh, bureaucrat, highest paid bureaucrat. He's on the news all the time. Tell me about how uh, how you started writing this and when. Um, I think I started writing this song about uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I've, I've released a series of songs this year and, and the pattern has seemed to be um, an idea comes to me. I'll write the song and then um, record it and then have a video for it inside of the span of about two weeks. And the last one I had released was a uh, last song I had released prior to this was about Joe Biden. And it was sort of a reflection back on, uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about all these people that have this power just going unquestioned by the media that are being held up and lauded as the end all be all, um, who get to say, you know, what everybody else does, how they're supposed to live. And I just figured, you know what, this guy needs to be knocked down a peg or two and i just i sat down and wrote down my frustrations um that i think a lot of people are feeling frustrated why are why do we have to listen to just this one guy 
but clearly can't listen to anybody else. It seems like if you hear, if anybody has something that strays from the Fauci narrative, then, um, well, they're, they're the fraud, you know, and, um, it just doesn't seem right to me. I, I can't think of a more polarizing figure. Um, well, some might say, well, Donald Trump, I mean, someone who was so, who is so beloved by so many, uh, while at the same time being, uh, you know, who is so vilified uh, mm-hmm. by so many others. And I think, you know, the number of people that are that uh, consider Fauci to be the villain, I think that number is sort of ratcheting up every week, every, uh, you know, every misstep, um, every inconsistency. First, he was, you know, against masks, then he was for them then he was against them. And then we, we sort of lost count. Uh, right. We should also point out terrific video. I mean, you put you put that video together in in two weeks. If people can can check it out at, yeah. uh, on YouTube, it's a terrific animated. I don't know what you call that style. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a it's kind of like a stop motion collage of images, which YouTube actually just limited ads on it today. They don't like it very much. It's it's been it's been growing in popularity. I think it's it's just crossed over forty thousand views after a couple of days. It's doing pretty good and. Um, yeah, I just checked my, my YouTube stats today and I was like, Oh, it looks like they're after it now. They're, they want to limited the, limit the, uh, the ad suitability for it. Um, which is funny and ironic because I've had this happen to a couple of my other videos and there's so many other examples on YouTube. You can hold up and say, well, what about this video? You guys think this is appropriate? And you know, it's just, uh, you can, you can see the bias, uh, the blatant bias on, on through YouTube. It's ridiculous. And uh, so they can see it. it. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love all your work. I mean, you know what? You mentioned uh, this one, Joe, which I haven't I haven't heard yet. This is about Joe Biden. Now it comes with a parental advisory. Are there some naughty words in there, Brad? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I sat there. um, This was after watching what happened in Afghanistan and, and how we lost soldiers here and um, I was just I was working on another song and I got distracted with my frustration about how that was all handled. So I wrote this song uh, called Joe sort of spurred off of the old uh, Hey, Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand line? Um, Jimi Hendrix. Right. 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 And um, and I opened the I opened the song with that line and then it sort of unfolded from there. And um, it's just a, yeah, a re- reflection back on him. I, I pieced together clips from the last year, um, with, with Joe on the news and, um, uh, it's, it's just another expression of, I think, uh, the way a lot of people are feeling that's not really being represented very much. Is there a, I mean, as bad as things are out there with, with COVID and the restrictions on civil liberties and, uh, you know, tensions heating up between the United States and China. And then we've got uh, hyperinflation coming and, you know, joblessness and food banks are emptying and it's, it's a bad time. But on the other hand, probably never a better time to be a songwriter. I mean, uh, there's just so much material. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. It's funny because I'm, I feel like I'm writing the most important stuff I've ever written in my life. And it's just me and the guitar. And the fact that these songs are getting out there in that way uh, means that the message is really important. You know, there's a lot of musicians out there that would spend a lot more time uh, polishing these songs, but my, my kind of, uh, my kind of thing has just been putting out something that's real and raw 
right now. But for sure, the subject matter is is nonstop because it's just such an insane time. And I didn't I didn't I started writing these songs because I didn't see anybody else doing it. And and it's that movement is sort of starting to grow, um, particularly in the rap community. There's some um, cool rap artists that are speaking out now, rap and hip hop. Um, but I still sort of feel kind of alone in this lane. Um, as far as an acoustic singer songwriter, which is it's it's interesting because I these these guys that you mentioned, Bob Dylan and all these 60s, you know, radicals that were protest artists back then, you, you would think that they would be saying something by now, but they're not, you know, and they're all sort of uh, conforming to Vax Passport concerts and giving into the, you know, the these corporations that are behind them these uh, managements and labels and lawyers that they all, you know, they're sort of driving that machine and they're all sort of adhered to it. And fortunately as an independent artist, I feel like I'm in a unique spot to just, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff. I can say whatever I want. Right. Brad Skistamus, AKA five times August singer songwriter from Dallas, Texas and uh, the website five times August dot com five times august.com we'll take a quick time out come back and chat some more don't go away welcome back to the richard sarah show on news talk saga 960 a.m Sitting deep in a lie He's dead in his soul But he'll keep you alive Do what he says Not what he do Cause the truth is for him And the lie is for you Sad little man But he's treated like a god As the faithless prayer To a fake and a fraud Worship the man Pledge to his word One shot, two shot Now you get a third Sad little man Sad little man You better All right. Five times August. Brad Skistamas from Dallas, Texas. And that is Sad Little Man, his latest. And uh, you can see it on YouTube where I guess they're trying to demonetize it. But it's a terrific video. <laughs> and um, uh, you can also go to five times August dot com. Five times August dot com. That's the website. So how else can they listen? Is this on uh, this is on Spotify and yeah, it's on Spotify, Amazon, and I'm really trying to focus on Apple Music right now. It's number three in the singer-songwriter charts on Apple Music right now. Wow, that's terrific. It is. terrific. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm really trying to get over, uh, I think John Prine has a song on top of me or something, and trying to hurdle over that, and, and if I can get to number one, that'd be fantastic. Fantastic, um, keep laughing at the idea. I keep laughing at the idea of uh, the hit song, Sad Little Man. <laughs> All right. Sad little man. Uh, we, we were talking earlier about, you know, where are the protest singers and, you know, why isn't Bob Dylan writing about these times? Uh, Van Morrison actually is. He, he and Eric Clapton have got together on a couple of uh, tracks and and uh, right. where have all the rebels gone? And um, I think Van is has recorded, I don't know, maybe half a dozen songs about lockdowns and mask mandates and, and all that sort of thing. So yeah. kudos to Van. I think one of the greatest I don't know if this is. Uh, whether this was satire or like something out of uh, uh, the Babylon Bee, our good friends at the Babylon Bee, or whether this actually happened, but Rage Against the Machine. Remember that mm -hmm. band? 
Rage yeah. Against the Machine. Apparently they were, I don't know if they reunited and were touring, but uh, they, they had ma- uh, vaccine mandates at their concerts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah. They are the machine now. I just come full circle. It's unbelievable. I wanted to chat briefly about some of your other songs because I mentioned sort of that Bob Dylan style. You have one called Out of Your Damn Mind. That's all one word. Out of Your yeah. Damn Mind. And that's very much to me in sort of the, the tradition of the subterranean homesick blues by Bob Dylan. Was, mm-hmm. was, that sort of an, was that sort of an influence, that song? Yeah, when I started doing these songs, I did. I, I, uh, I had released a song the last year in April um, at the beginning of the pandemic called We Are In This Together. And it was sort of a hopeful, you know, high spirited, optimistic, fully produced song. And it, it, this was just before the George Floyd stuff happened and the whole country got ripped apart. And then you're starting to see the whole world sort of come apart at the seams. And so I didn't feel like writing for a really long time. And by the time January rolled around, um, I felt like I should say something about the state of the world because nobody, I, like I said earlier, like my heroes weren't speaking up about it. So I, I decided to, um, record this, this song I had written called the first one was called God help us all. And, um, I said, I'm just going to record it acoustic and vocal and put it out there. And that's sort of been the, the backbone of all these songs. It's just acoustic guitar and vocal straightforward song with, and after the first two that I released, I was sort of like, you know what, I'm just going to go with this Bob Dylan thing. I'm just going to stick with it because nobody, Bob Dylan's not even being Bob Dylan anymore. And, you know, there used to be so many Bob Dylans and I miss that, you know, I miss just somebody sitting down and playing a song. When I record these songs, I, I play them as takes when I record them I'll, I'll, I'll until I get the performance. And that's a very traditional way of recording music is, is playing it all the way through and getting the take that you want and then releasing, you know, the, the right take. Maybe there's a splice here and there to, to, to piece two of them together, but um, that's kind of what I'm doing. It's a performance and I want to capture something that says something rather than, you know, some sort of super polished song that says nothing, which I think there's way too much of right now. Oh, hundred percent. My word. Uh, that's, I think it was maybe the second single that you recorded in this vein, which was Jesus, what happened to us. That's what I first heard of you. Uh, and when I heard that song immediately, um, you know, it's, you, you never forget the first time you hear a particular song and that effect it has on you. And then when it has that same effect every single time, I mean, that to me is when, you know, you've got, you know, a real keeper, uh, Jesus, what happened to us, you mentioned, uh, God help us all. That's another one. And, uh, silent war out of your damn mind. I just mentioned, and now we have the, uh, the brand new one, sad little man, five times, August, five times, August.com. And uh, so, again, if people want to buy your music and support you, you're focusing on the Apple music, right? Yeah. uh, If you've got an Apple music account, um, please download it from there. Um, Otherwise, it's on uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, Amazon, um, any of the other ones. It's out there right now. You can watch the video on YouTube, as I mentioned. And, um, you know, if you if you like it, if you dig it, then pass it on to somebody who might be might appreciate the sentiments as well. 
Right. Well, I, I really I, I urge my listeners to to get behind you, Brad, and and uh, support Thank what you, you do. Um, things are starting to open up, uh, obviously. Well, things have been opened up in Texas for quite some time. So are you are you mm-hmm. playing? Are you playing some venues now? I don't know. Coffee houses. Well, I'd like to get back out on the road more next year. I've been doing more uh, events, more freedom rallies and, and private events, which has been a whole different thing for me. I never would have thought I would be playing on the steps of like a, a state capitol building. You know, if you had asked me five years ago or something like that, I, I wouldn't have believed you. But um, they've been really rewarding events. To and I've been meeting all kinds of people and connecting through the music and hearing other people's stories and uh, it just it just means so much right now I, I think that if we can all get out there and do the best we can with what we have um we can really say something right now that's sort of what i've decided to do is en- enlist my music for this time and i don't know how long i've you know we'll keep going with it but there's plenty to write about like we talked about and um you know i'm i'm trying to say something that maybe other people can't well, you're doing a heck of a job. Keep keep doing it, Brad. We need you. Thank you so much. Uh, love your music and uh, always appreciate spending some time with you. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to be here. Brad Skistemus, a.k.a. 5 Times August, 5timesaugust.com. Get over to Apple Music, support Brad and the work he's doing. All right, when we come back, why is the CDC twisting the definition of vaccines? We'll find out with Dr. Joel Hirshhorn. He's next. Stay with us. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. All right, welcome back. Dr. Joel Hirshhorn is no stranger to the program. He's been with us several times, four, maybe five times. And his latest or a recent article uh, published at Substack.com is titled CDC Twisted the definition of vaccine and learn what mainstream media keeps hidden from the public. Let me just crib a little bit of this article. The CDC once was a federal agency that nearly everyone respected. That no longer is the case. Now there are many reasons why the CDC should be widely disrespected. Its latest debacle is how it changed the definition of vaccine. Dr. Joel S. Hirshhorn, was a full professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He directed a medical research program between the Colleges of Engineering and Medicine. He's a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and America's Frontline Doctors, and of course, the author of Pandemic Blunder. Dr. Hirshhorn, welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you for having me on. So uh, before COVID, what was the definition of a vaccine? Well, it was just something straightforward. Nobody paid much attention to it um, until the definition was changed. I mean, all of the vaccines we've been using for many decades fit the original definition of a vaccine. Uh, What they did was on September 1st this year, they changed the definition. Okay, out of nowhere, they they just changed it. And the reason they changed it was because all of these COVID vaccines did not fit the original definition of a vaccine. Essentially, all of these COVID vaccines are really fake vaccines, okay? And the new definition is just, you know, wordsmithing to let the new, you know, the COVID vaccines into the door, basically. What I want to emphasize is that these COVID vaccines are sort of fake because they don't kill the virus, and they don't stop uh, 
transmission of the virus that's in your body. Okay, so that's why they're not legitimate vaccines. They don't kill the vaccine, the infection, really, and they they don't stop transmission. So fully vaccinated people are transmitting the virus to everyone else. That's the important point. And uh, we can't vaccinate our way out of this pandemic. I want to emphasize that. There's so much great research coming out that leads you to one conclusion. Mass vaccination will not end the pandemic. In fact, I'm writing a new article saying the pandemic will not end, period. It will not end. It's going to keep going on no matter how much vaccination you do. A great study out of Harvard looked at many nations across the globe, as well as counties in the U.S. And what did they find? There's no correlation between vaccination and good results. Vaccination simply doesn't work. So we keep pursuing this vaccine strategy with booster shots now. Again, fake vaccines, really. What they are is genetic therapy products, but that's not what drug companies wanted to call these products. They wanted to call them vaccines, which allowed government agencies to do this mass vaccination and vaccine mandate kind of effort around the globe. It's all corruption, nothing but sheer corruption. And it's not going to work. Had they been... Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Uh, Labeled or had they not changed the definition of vaccine? Uh, And these these were um, then called what they were, as you say, you know, gene therapies. Had they been uh, tested and, and had to go through the regulations for a gene therapy versus a vaccine, would they have arrived on time? In other words, did they change the definition of vaccine so that they could expedite these to market? Well, but you see, they didn't, interestingly enough, they didn't change the definition until September 1st. So that was long after all of these COVID vaccines had already been brought into the marketplace, already given you know, emergency use authorization by the FDA. So it's kind of interesting You know, I think they just woke up. I think CDC woke up to all the criticism from people like me that these vaccines were not working. And that's what I want to emphasize. These fake vaccines are not effective after about six months. All the data now shows that they they call it waning in effectiveness. Well, they stopped being effective after six months. 
Not only that, they're not effective against variants like Delta. So, and they're not safe. That's what I want to emphasize. How many people have died just from taking the vaccine? The number that I'm using and other people are using now, at least 150,000 Americans, just counting Americans. I'm sure there are a lot of Canadians that have died too, but just 150,000 just from getting the vaccine shot. So let me just explain that number. You're getting you're taking the VAERS number, which I think is around 17,000 deaths. And you're basically saying that because of underreporting and according to a Harvard study, only about one percent of adverse events are actually reported to VAERS. So uh, you you're saying conservatively, okay, so let's say rather than one percent, only 10 percent are being reported. That that gives you about one hundred and fifty thousand deaths versus the 17,000 deaths that have been reported on on VAERS. Uh, Dr. Hirshhorn, we'll take a quick time out. We'll pick up on this uh, conversation on the other side. The author of Pandemic Blunder and uh, his recent article available at Substack.com, CDC twisted the definition of vaccine. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show right after these. Just having a little chin wag on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. We are back with Dr. Joel Hirshhorn, the author of Pandemic Blunder, a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and America's Frontline Doctors. His latest uh, or most more recent article at uh, Substack.com, CDC twisted the definition of vaccine. And you've included this in the article. Let me just I think it's important for our listeners to hear this, uh, Dr. Hirshhorn. Let me just read this prior to September 1, 2021. Here is how CDC defined vaccine, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. Vaccines are usually administered through needle injections, but can also be administered by mouth or sprayed into the nose. Okay, so again, emphasis on a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. That was prior to September 1, 2021. After September 1, 2021, here is how the CDC, in Dr. Hirshhorn's words, twisted the definition. Now a vaccine is a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. <laughs> so no, there's nothing in there about uh, producing immunity to a specific disease. That's right. what vaccines That's the definition of a vaccine as we know it, to produce immunity. So they're not producing immunity. They're simply stimulating the body's immune response against diseases. Exactly. Exactly right, Richard. Absolutely. And it it really turns out it's not just wordsmithing. It's a big difference. And I'm going to give you a piece of hot news. This has not been reported, I don't think, anywhere else. There's a, a research institute at the University of Washington in the U.S., Okay. They do these deep analyses, modeling, and forecasts. They just came out with their newest forecast. And this is really amazing. They are saying that by March 1st, 2022, three and a half months from now, the total number of COVID deaths in the U.S. will be 1 million. 1 million. We're about 750,000 now. So we're going to add in three and a half months, another roughly 250,000 more COVID deaths. What does that tell you? 
it tells you that these sophisticated researchers are saying mass vaccination does not work, will not work. And that's why I'm saying there is no end to this pandemic as long as the government relies on mass vaccination and mandates and everything else that's going on. It's all fantasy. It's not going to work. Not only that, people are dying from taking the shots themselves. So this million forecast is pretty significant and it's conservative. It's not even fully taking into account that these vaccines are waning in effectiveness. The booster shots are 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 crazy. They, they want to give you more of the same thing that hasn't worked in the first place. So it it doesn't make any medical sense to keep giving people the same products, these fake vaccines. So we'll see whether this forecast comes out to be true. I think it's going to turn out to be true uh, because I don't see any any way that we're coming to the right solution because it's not just what the government is doing, it's what they're not doing. They're not promoting the use of generic medicines. And, and now we have several new papers that keep getting published saying that some of these generic medicines, including one that's used for depression and, and mental conditions, fluoroxamine is working. A paper just got published in The Lancet saying that this stuff really works. OK, so we have all of these solutions that the governments are not promoting and using. They still want to keep using the vaccination approach, which clearly is only there to make billions, if not trillions of dollars for the big drug companies. So it's, it's crazy stuff. Well, you know, there are so many examples out there around the world. Uh, Gibraltar. Uh, which has been touted as the most vaccinated jurisdiction on, on earth. Uh, I think it's very close to 100% full vaccination among yep. eligible people. I think they just canceled Christmas there. They just announced they're canceling Christmas. Their cases are through the roof, hospitalizations through the roof. Uh, obviously, you know, that's not a vac that's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. What <laughs> further what further proof do we need? I don't understand the logic. Maybe that's my my problem. I'm, I'm expecting people to, to to be logical. But there's a research study out of Harvard University basically said the same thing. They looked at results. Countries all over the globe, as well as counties in the U.S. What's the conclusion? Again, the level of vaccination does not correlate with good results in terms of the pandemic. So we have all of this research information coming in, as well as information from specific countries. We have countries with very low vaccination rates, less than 10 percent. You got to look at India and Pakistan and Indonesia, less than 10 percent vaccination rate. And their numbers are looking terrific. OK, <laughs> as good or better than the countries with 80 or 90 percent vaccination rates. So it's insanity what's going on. All right, we'll take one final time out. Uh, Dr. Hirshhorn, stay with us. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show right after these. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. A few minutes remain with Dr. Joel Hirshhorn, author of Pandemic Blunder. Before we proceed, Dr. Hirshhorn, how do we get a copy? Well, it's available on Amazon at a very low price and uh, at anywhere else where they sell books. All right. Uh, 
I want to also talk about two other definitions. We talked about how the CDC has changed the definition of vaccines as of September 1, 2021. But there's other a couple of other terms that you, you, you write about in the article that are important to understand in terms of this whole debate about COVID vaccines. And one of those terms is attenuated vaccine. Would, explain what that means and why that's important to understand. Well, it's like putting in a, a, a bacterium or a virus that you're trying to deal with, but you know it, it's a safe form of the bacterium or the virus. It's been weakened. It's been weakened. It's weakened. It, it won't hurt you, but it creates this very specific immune response. And some of these vaccines we've been taking, I've been, you know, polio and measles and all kinds of other vaccines. What's interesting, they last forever. <laughs> you know, you get one shot and and it's forever. Most of these standard traditional vaccines. So, yes, we know that. And uh, and I did find it's in the article also that on on the CDC website, they have a glossary. And what was interesting to me when I looked into the glossary, they actually recognized natural immunity in the glossary. Nowhere else in terms of definitions and stuff. But in their glossary, they actually did recognize this thing that we have called natural immunity. Once you get infected by covid your body has natural immunity. And by the way, all the research has shown from Israel, particularly natural immunity, 27 times better than vaccine immunity. So we know that not, and yet nobody, no government is giving credit for natural immunity when it comes to vaccine mandates, okay? Why don't you get credit for natural immunity? Why are they forcing you to get a shot, okay? When you don't need it, if you have natural immunity. And we have hundreds and hundreds of millions of people who now have natural immunity in the U.S. and around the world. So that's another crazy thing. And the other thing I want to tell you, Richard, we have data from the United Kingdom that shows the vast majority of people being hospitalized and dying from COVID are now fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated people. This is data you can trust from the U.K. and a few other countries. Can't trust the data from CDC in the U.S. I don't think you can trust Canadian data either, but you can trust the U.K. data. And that's where we see fully vaccinated people being in serious trouble. And in Israel, which is really pushing, has pushed mass vaccination and now booster shots, a country of only nine million people, a million people have said no to the booster shots. And that means they don't get them what they call, I think, green cards, so they can't get into public venues. But that's there's a strong awareness in the world out there that taking these vaccines can cause serious illness, injury and death. More and more people recognizing this. And yet we're still forcing in the U.S., particularly forcing these mandates on people. And more and more people are going to be dying from the vaccines themselves and being fully vaccinated, more and more people are going to die from breakthrough infections, just like Colin Powell recently died. I want to get back to that CDC uh, glossary for a moment, because you talk about natural immunity. I think the term they use uh, in the glossary is active immunity. And this is the, the production of antibodies against a specific disease by the immune system. And it can be acquired, as you write, in two ways, either by contracting the disease or through vaccination. Um, but you write here that in the CDC definition of active immunity, they are inferring that active immunity or natural immunity obtained 
through vaccination is also permanent. It's not. Uh, Exactly. Right. (laughs) It's not. Absolutely not, Richard. It's not permanent. Six months. All the research is showing six months and pretty much these COVID fake vaccines lose their effectiveness. So that's why they're pushing the booster shots. Why do you think these drug companies have, have succeeded in pushing every six months? They're going to want people to take a booster shot. What a business. What a business model. <laughs> this, this thing will never end. OK, that's what I want to emphasize. There is no end to this pandemic if we continue on this road emphasizing vaccination and instead not using all of these generic medicines, okay, not recognizing natural immunity. It's not just what the government is doing, it's what the government is not doing, okay? We're not, the government's not doing the right things here. So the, the, the so-called booster shot, uh, I mean, we have people to take the flu vaccine and every year because there are, you know, there's a new variant, uh, a number That's of right. variants that come out and it's kind of a, a crapshoot. Are we going to are we going to guess which variant is going to wash ashore? Uh, and let's hope that the, the the vaccine booster that we've developed um, is going to be, you know, the right one. It's not always because, you know, uh, people still get get the flu. Uh, so is the flu vaccine similar to the covid vaccine in the sense that no. it's not truly a vaccine? No, it's not. It's it's more uh, a true vaccine. But here's what's interesting about the flu shots. Only 40, 50 percent of the people actually get the flu shots. Okay, and the government has not mandated. Interestingly enough, the government does not mandate that people get flu shots. This is an example of what I call personalized medicine. That is, people are given the free choice, medical freedom to take the flu shot or not take the flu shot. Okay, it's not extremely effective in most years. So people are willing to risk. Okay, don't take the shot. The shots are not dangerous. There are no particularly ill effects of of taking the flu shot. I take it every year. Uh, But again, we allow people to make a free choice whether to take that flu shot. That's what I, I think is the big difference. We're not giving people the free choice not to take these fake COVID vaccine shots. Why don't we allow people to have a free choice here? Why is the government pushing so hard on on this massive vaccination effort? That's what doesn't make medical sense. It doesn't make medical freedom sense. It's actually an example of medical tyranny. Okay, forcing people if they don't get the shot, they're going to lose their jobs. This is incredible. People in the armed forces, young and healthy kids of all the categories of people who should not be taking the vaccine shots. It's children. I'm looking at research here every day showing that we are going to kill more children by giving them the vaccine shots than saving their lives. It's just crazy stuff. Why? Why? Why is the government doing this? People keep asking me. And there's only one rational reason. Follow the money. The government is corrupt. There's a kind of collusion or conspiracy between the government, the big drug companies and mainstream media to force vaccination on the whole population. And what we should have done from the very beginning and said, okay, COVID vaccine, maybe for a small percent of the population, mostly elderly people with a significant risk from COVID, but not for the general population. All the data, even from CDC shows that 
virtually everyone below the age of 70 has no significant risk if they get infected by COVID-19. They are not going to have serious medical problems. They're not going to be hospitalized. They're not going to die. So why are we forcing vaccines on almost the whole population below the age of 70? It doesn't make any sense unless you're promoting money making by big drug companies. Uh, Dr. Hirschhorn, we can read the article uh, again at substack.com. And uh, the book, of course, Pandemic Blunder, that's available at Amazon and all good bookstores. Uh, so if people uh, search Joel S. Hirschhorn, and Hirschhorn is spelled H-I-R-S-C-H, and then Horn, H-O-R-N, H-I-R-S-H-H-O-R-N, Joel S. Hirschhorn, substack.com they can find this article cdc twisted the definition of vaccine uh, search for it read it share it with your friends uh, get educated and uh, that may be our only way out of this uh, dr hershorn uh-huh. always appreciate your time thank you so much thank you richard glad to be with you all right wow that's it for me my thanks to jody jacob and brandon i'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again god willing the brian crombie hour is next Be well, find joy, hold fast, and for God's sake, push back. I'll speak with you tomorrow at four. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.